Shalom everybody and Chanukah Sameach. This is the first candle, the first night of Chanukah. And Bezat Hashem, hopefully we'll get back into connecting this lesson, the concepts here to Chanukah. Uh, at this point, Rav Nosen is just in a, an intermittent stage. He left already the Parshas of the week to go into Chanukah. And after going into Chanukah, he developed the concept of Mashiach and the Shemena Mishcha, like we saw in section 19. Rav Nosen is just going to develop further ideas on that. Just before we have to recap a little of the process mentioned by Rabbi Nachman in the Kutimran Lesson 24, where he says that initially a person starts off in darkness, his mitzvah performance is in darkness, his life is in darkness, he's placed in a type of a sadness. And the goal of the person is to get out of that stage. That, that scenario is called Hechalat Murat, the exchange chambers, where the evil tries to keep a person convinced in living a life of darkness and sadness and not experiencing true joy. But a person now, by being happy and working on developing joy, especially in mitzvah performance, is able to be extracted from the exchange chambers and by doing so, elevate holiness and holy sparks and the divine presence which is trapped there that only this person can elevate by him being happy and the procedure eventually leads to activating what's called the concept of the hands the hands whether it's the hands of the person but especially the hands of Hashem the hands being the fingers of the hands being like a conduit for bracha for blessing and blessings are activated through the concept of the hands so by being besimcha, doing the mitzvah besimcha, a person reaches the level of activating the hands where he's entitled to activate blessings. And the main blessings Rabbi Nachman teaches is what's called birkat ha the blessing of the da'at, of the intellect, which means blessing to understand Hashem better, to see Hashem more in your life, to be aware of Hashem's connection in this world, which is the greatest goal and the greatest accomplishment. And this is why... The raison d'être, the reason of existence of this world, is for Hashem to become made known in this world. So that's called Bikata Sechem. And then when a person reaches this level, okay, he's then his mind is now open to perceive what's called the infinite light, which is the highest levels of revelation of Hashem in this world, which can't be though, because it's two opposites. But the, and the, so because it's two opposites, the only way a person can perceive the infinite light of Hashem in this world is by being bounced back, his intellect is bounced back, and the bounce back, accepting it properly, with joy, shapes nine hechalot, uh, nine chambers, nine vessels, made from the three sections of the brain, of the mind, of the intellect, called chokhmah, bina, da'at. Chokhmah is like the initial pieces of knowledge itself Bina's understanding that is the actual uh, wisdom to know how to incorporate all this these three become intermingled so it's like a multiplication factor so it's three times three these three intermingle each other so it becomes like three times three creating nine chambers and these nine chambers allow a person to perceive the infinite light and the cycle starts again. With this light, he's able to perceive a higher level of joy, the root of the joy that he had initially. 
and now with this root activated he's able to go back again to the exchange chambers all the way down to start again and this time to elevate more sparks more holiness that's trapped there by being again besimcha so this is a cycle where a person every time has a different advantage point different perspective of the infinite light that he can tap into if he follows this process so we saw Rav Nosson said at the beginning of this paragraph that this process is all of life that's all of life in a nutshell and it's perceived and experienced in the daily prayer services and the Renaissance extended this is also every part of the year the year also has this experience on a yearly level and then on a festival level you have this experience on Yom Kippur itself on Shabbat on the Yamim Tovim like we're going to see we saw already a little bit Chanukah also and Purim all the festivals are uh, an expression of this this uh, process here Okay, so now every Jew, he says, can experience it. But when we see on a practical level, we're very far from this. As much as we try to try to activate this and see this in our life, it's a glimpse and it's rare. And it must be that this applies to people at a higher level. And Rav Nassim says, you are right. Look what he says here. However, there's a catch to it. He says like this. The main way for this process of being happy in the darkness, doing the mitzvot with joy, and then going up and up and up and up, and then activating the hands, and the hands activate the blessing of the intellect. And the blessing of the intellect then enables a person now to be able to perceive the infinite light. And then he's bounced back because of that to get to that stage. He creates the nine vessels, the nine chambers, and these nine chambers are vessels to perceive the infinite light in a format called mate vela mate, reaching and not reaching. And then after that's done, a person can go back again to the exchange chambers and elevate more holiness trapped there. Who does this? Who really does this? He says the main way for this to be done and the main way for this to be experienced by every Jew <coughs> is through the immense, powerful strength of the tzaddikim who are Bechinat Mashiach. The tzaddikim who are, who are in the category, this is the great tzaddikim, at the category of Mashiach, that like we explained in more in paragraph 19. Mashiach, the anointing one, because he has perceived the anointing oil, the idea of Shemen, Mishchat Kodesh, anointing oil is referring to this dot, this unbelievable level of wisdom of the infinite light shining in, right? Like we said into the beard of Aaron, if you remember in paragraph 19, you can listen to those classes there on paragraph 19. We went into it extensively, the idea of the oil on the beard of the Zakan of Aaron, the wisdom that's shining from the Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, the infinite light, okay? So the Tzadikim, they're called Mashiach because they're, they're the ones who are shining this joy that's going to be when Mashiach comes and also the intellect of, ex, of experiencing and fathoming Hashem at the highest of levels which brings the ultimate joy because it's a rule. The more you see Hashem in your life, the more you're happy. It's a rule in life. The reason why a person is sad is because of the concealment. He has to work on emunah and bitachon. He sees darkness and he's forced to activate emunah, which he's not so strong in. And, and, but he does still minimum connection through his emunah. And then he's able to perceive and see God in his life again. And that brings joy and a relief. And it's a cycle again. Emunah, darkness, understanding that. It's a big thing in lesson 24 also. It's a very important theme that you have to join the sechel with emunah. Because the emunah is the main key to perceive the infinite light. Bezat Hashem. Okay, so he said, these tzaddikim are in the category of Mashiach. And what's the idea of Mashiach, like we said? 
שמאירים בכוחם נקודת השמחה בכל הירודים והשפלים מאוד. דדיס צדיקים, who are in the category of Mashiach, are able to shine into through their unbelievable strength of, of them being masters of this process to shine what? the point in the Yiddish the pintle point of joy even in all the people who are so low and like you know degrade they feel so debased at very low in their level very very low they've, they've gone down low and they're broken people the tzaddikim of this caliber Mashiach are able to shine into them the point of joy which is like a, a light of hope and Rav Nosen now connects this to something else that Rabbi Nachman goes into, something very important. Shezehu sod ma shehitpa'er zeshaya belo yadayim. Rav Nosen says, this idea of shining joy, that the big tzaddik are able to shine the point of joy even in the farthest of people, this is the secret, underlying secret behind what Rabbi Nachman brings down. In his stories, the book called Sipoy Masiot, Rabbi Nachman's stories, story tale number 13, on the sixth beggar, the seven beggars, where the sixth beggar, he praised himself that he was able to, first of all, what, what was his description there? The, the beggar, he's called the beggar with, without hands. <laughs> he had no hands. He really did have hands, but his hands were being used for something much higher, which is to bring joy. So he said, Rav Nosson is connecting what we're saying here to the idea of that part of the story of the beggar with no hands. He says, this is the secret behind what the beggar without hands boasted. What did he boast about? This beggar who had no hands boasted about himself that he could play a melody that constitutes, consists of all the ten types of melody. He has access to all the ten types of melody. The concept of the ten types of melody has been developed very, very much. <coughs> Rabbi Nachman goes into it in the concept of the Tikkun Aklali that he revealed the ten psalms known as the Tikkun Aklali, each one corresponding to a different type of melody. And the ten types of melodies brought down in the Zohar, in the Midrash, in the Gemara, in Rashi, on his commentary, his opening commentary to the book of Tehillim, that the book of Psalms is made up of ten types of melodies. He, King David used these ten, and other tzaddikim who composed the Psalms, like Moshe Rabbeinu, Asaf, the sons of Korach, etc., they utilized ten types of melody to express song to Hashem. And these songs are the epitome of joy, because melody is the, one of the main, main ways to connect to joy, and one of the main expressions of joy. That's why happy occasions are always accompanied in Judaism with song. We sing at the Shabbos table, we sing at a wedding, we sing on Simchat Torah, we sing at a Brit Milah. Music is something positive which is associated always with joy because the expression of joy is through music. That's why music is so important in life. All, even, all types of tribes and nations and everyone the Chinese, the Japanese, the Indians, the Americans, everyone has music in their life. There's not a nation that just like no music and we're just Tisha B'Av all year round. Music expresses joy. And that is especially true by us, the Judaism, the Torah. That this is the main expression of the highest level of joy in Hashem. 
So he boasted, this beggar had no hands. What he said, it, you, it seems to you that I don't have hands. But I do have hands, but I use them for something much higher, which is to activate the ten types of melody. That's why it looked like he had no hands. Because he wasn't using it for, for anything, for physical pleasure and physical joy. But for real joy, the spiritual true joy in Hashem. <coughs> so he boasted that he was able to play all types of the ten types of melody. Shem Bechinat Simcha. And these ten types of melody are the encompassment and the concept of joy. And what is joy? Like he says there in the, in the story where the, the, the princess was healed through the ten types of melody. Shehem Refuat Habat Melech Vechule. doesn't go into all the details because he assumes you are familiar a bit at least or you will accustom yourself to be familiar with that story in Rabbi Nachman's stories and then he says that this is the healing the ten types of melody is what actually heals the princess who was struck in the story there it depicts the king, the evil king who struck her with ten types of arrows each one which was uh, coated each arrow was coated with a different type of poison therefore there were ten types of poisons that entered her body and the, be- the beggar, by placing his ten fingers, was able to activate the ten types of melody connected to each one of his fingers. This is something phenomenal, obviously, right? And by doing so, in healing her. Through his pulse, he was able to induce into her pulse ten types of song, which were able to cancel the poisonous potency of the ten arrows that she was struck with. Obviously, it's on a spiritual dimension, obviously. But this idea of how melody can heal, Okay. And he says, this is the, the ten types of melody, as is expressed in the story there, are the actual healing of the Bat Melech. And that compares, to, that compares to every Jew. Every Jew is healed. The Bat Melech is like the Neshama. A, Jew, a Jew's soul is healed through joy, which is expressed in the ten types of song. Now, Renosim is going to connect this idea to our lesson here how the hands are a major part in receiving the blessing of the intellect and perceiving the infinite light. So he says it's not by chance, but it's specific and really, really precise that Rabbi Nachman said that he, that it was therefore the one who, the beggar who had no hands, specifically he boasted this, that that, because he had a big strength, a powerful force, wondrous, awesome force in his hands. To activate the healing through the ten types of song. Why specifically the hands? He says in brackets here, You can see this in, like we said earlier, Rabbi Nachman's stories, story tale number 13, towards the end. <coughs> the tale of the sixth beggar who had no hands. Tale number 13. Why specifically the hands? Joy is ultimately associated with the intellect, especially uh, precisely the, the activation of the, in, the intellect of the infinite light, perception of the infinite light himself. He says, Rav because the main blessing, like we see in Likut Yerman Lesson 24, is in the hands. Shubikata Secha, Rabbi Nachman calls it the blessing of the intellect. Right? You know, whenever a blessing is bestowed, like for example, the Kohanim, or parent to his sons, or Smicha inaugurating a rabbi, a, a Torah scholar, 
It's through their hands. The Kohanim, they raise their hands to bless all of Israel. They can't put their hands on each and every Jew. So Birkat Kohanim is, they raise their hands towards the whole assembly. And it's as if they're placing their hands on each and every one's head. And by doing that, they're activating the blessing from the hands to their head. What is that blessing mainly? The, the Chesed Avraham, who's the grandfather of the Chidna he brings down, based on the Kabbalah. The Kohanim and the recipients should have them in mind to receive initially the blessing of Chokhmah. The blessing of wisdom, of understanding. That's the main blessing. Like Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 24. And the blessing is bestowed on the hand, through the hands. That's why the parents put their hands on their children on Friday night to bless them, whatever. It's the idea of transmission of blessing. Of a, if you go to a tzaddik, he puts hands on the head normally. A mikubah, whatever. And you, the hands are associated with the blessings. That's because why? The, what is the main blessing? Of the intellect. That's why it's placed on the head. The main blessing are in the hands and that which is the, basically the blessing of the intellect, the as Rabbi Nachman explains in Lesson 24, that it's the blessing of the intellect that's transmitted through the hands, that's activated through the hands, the ten fingers, like ten pipelines to receive the bounty of intellect. Like we said earlier, that it's true, the blessing in the hands, the blessing of the intellect activated through the hands, that a person eventually can come to perceive the nine chambers, which is the key for the infinite light. And what's unique about the infinite light and the nine chambers activating them? Shesham mekor hasimcha bechinat vesimchat olam arosham vechule. Because it's there in the nine chambers which lead to perceiving the infinite light that is to be found the root the source of joy. All joy comes from the infinite light, which is perceived and experienced through the nine chambers, through the hands. Okay? Bechinat, like it says in Yeshaya, Isaiah, chapter 35, verse 10, it talks about the future redemption, where it says that uh, the, the Jews will perceive, right, Uval Tzion Berina, the Jews will come back to Tzion, to Yerushalayim, with joy. Vesimchat Olam and the joy that was always there in other words the, the joy that the Jews experienced when leaving Egypt for example when leave the, the initial redemption so the joy that was there always waiting for them will be back on their heads come back on their heads so the verse specifically says it's the blessings which are on the head and like we said earlier what's called Al-Rosham if you remember in paragraph 19 on the verses regarding the Nazareth and the blessings of the anointing oil, the procedure of the anointing oil, <coughs> inaugurating the Kohanim with the anointing oil, and also inaugurating the, the, the Nazareth with the holiness of his hair. Al-Rosham, you remember? It said, on the head. And what's on the head? The crown, the Keter. And the Keter is the means to perceive the infinite light. Like we said, we saw, uh, ref- ex- ex- um, quoted uh, partially, from the Kutimah lesson 24, that the Keter, the crown, is what causes the bounce back and enables the nine chambers to, nine chambers to be created, which then are vessels to receive the infinite light. And that's the Simchat Olam Al Rosham. The joy that was always there is on the head, as if to say the perception, perceiving the true, firm joy that's always there, always, no matter. The darkness you're going through, the joy is still there. Just you have to connect to it, but it's there. That's the real joy. It's Al Rosham.
It's through the, what's on the head, which is the highest perception of the intellect, through the keter, the crown, which is on the head, which is the brain, the mind. Okay? Umisham, and it's from there, from this keter, due to, which create the form, the nine chambers, by bouncing the intellect back. And the person has intellect because he has bikata sechel. He's activated the concept of the hands, which is a blessing of the intellect. So he's going forward, and then he's bounced back due to the keter to create the nine chambers, which then allow him to perceive the infinite light. So it's from there. Mabshichin beotzem kocham chokma veetzot noraot belev kol achalushe koach meod meod lesameach nafsham gamke. The tzaddikim do this. The tzaddikim go through this process not just for their personal benefit but to benefit others that's the whole idea of a tzaddik a tzaddik is someone who's out there to help other people he's already mastered himself so much that now his goal is to shine this light even to people who can't perceive this who can't do this whole process they're very weak so he says here in something very important that the tzaddikim now who do reach these high levels of the nine chambers and the keter and the bounce back and the infinite light, they're able now to draw from there because, because they're so strong, these tzaddikim, they're the level, the caliber of Mashiach, to the awesomeness and the power of their strength to draw down chokhmah, number one, knowledge, and advice, wondrous advice, into the heart of all the people who are very, very weak spiritually, and very weak in morale because of what they're going through in life, all the challenges that make them feel so weak, very, very much, to bring joy to them also, even though they, they didn't go through this process. They can't, they're so weak, they feel so broken, they feel so stuck in the darkness and the sadness and the worry of the exchange chambers, they don't know how to, to initially even activate the pilot light of joy in the first place in order to come to all these amazing levels of rectifications. They're just so stuck in the darkness, it's not moving. So the tzaddikim are there to help a person to get the initial flame burning, to help them also to go up. But what is dependent upon? So now each and every person commensurate according to how much he strengthens himself in the following area to come close to these tzaddikim. Okay? Not to think I'm going to manage on my own, just leave me alone. I'll be my own tzaddik, my own personal connection to God. No. It's not going to work. You're going to need a tzaddik. But why? Why do I need a tzaddik? This is something Rabbi Nachman brings in Chaim Moran. That before Shem sends down to this world outstanding tzaddikim, you can make it in life, in your Judaism, in the, the normal Torah transmission and Torah study, and that's enough. Okay, it's enough. That's what Hashem expects of you. But once Hashem throughout history sent big tzaddikim, awesome tzaddikim, down to this world, and they open the doors to newer levels, so now at that point it becomes impossible to perceive these perceptions and to connect at these levels without the help and assistance of these tzaddikim. Why? Because there's a corresponding level of darkness that came down to the world. Like the, the rule, for every positive force, there's an equal negative force. So when Hashem opens the doors for big tzaddikim to come down to this world, to bring them closer to Hashem to higher levels that were never experienced beforehand, 
because Hashem is endless, and Hashem wants us to be, to perceive Him at an endless format to keep on going and going up, up and up to experience His bliss. So too, for the sake of free will, Hashem sends an opposite, equal level of darkness, which explains why Am Yisrael today is so so low. Just compare us today to what it was 50 years ago, before the internet, whatever, before the smartphones, before anything. It was like a different world, just like that. And how people are, how the new generation, they're so stuck and trapped in things which the older generation define as to be silly and ridiculous. And yet, it's a Yetzirah. Why? Because newer levels of tzaddikim and their light is always being, is, are being shown and brought down to this world. And the only way to combat the darkness that comes with it is through these tzaddikim. Person has to fight to find these tzaddikim. That's the key. So whenever there's a darkness, the key of Nassim is saying here is you need to come close to the tzaddikim or mastering the light out of these darknesses that you are experiencing. You need the help and assistance of the tzaddikim. So even though yourself can't reach the high levels of the process, it's just so impossible to start because the darkness is very severe, because of free will, because there are big tzaddikim in the world. So he says, we have no sin. Each person commends with how much he strengthens himself to come close to these tzaddikim, number one, and to turn his ear and his heart to what they say, to take seriously what they say, to like etch it on the heart, and not just to let the words come in and go out, but to have their words etched, to take it so deep, not just, oh yeah, you know, this tzaddik says like that, Rabbi Nachman says like this and this and that, yeah, okay, you know, the other tzaddikim said other things, <coughs> rather, you hear the words of the tzaddikim and you take it to heart, you let it sink in, okay, very well, very carefully, and then, and the third point, so he says three things, number one, that you meet Gaber, you strengthen yourself to come close to the Sadiqim. Number two, you listen very carefully and bake on your heart. You put in your heart what they say, very carefully. And number three, and you believe in these Sadiqim, that they've reached awesome levels, even though you have no perception of their greatness, yet you have emunah in them, in them and their greatness, in their closest to Hashem, thus being able to help you also come close to Hashem. Ad, so now with these three, you then become a vessel to receive the point of joy that the tzaddikim want to share with you. And to the point, based on that, commensurate to how much you're strong in this process of these three points, coming close to the tzaddikim, listening to their words carefully and, and believing in them, to the point now where now the tzaddikim can use that to bring into you, into your heart, true joy. And get that that joy activated to get you also in this process. As Kmochen, you see? So the commensurate to that, Yotse Bechol Pa'am Mechalet Muhot Bikoachadik Hanizkarlael. So too commensurate to that. A person is extracted every time from the exchange chambers, which is all the crazy things a person's going through in life to make him feel down and sad and rejected and dejected and stuck. He's able to now get out every time from any exchange chambers that has thrown to his way to make him feel down and upside down. And this all in the strength of this tzaddik who's able to shine it into him. So if this Ravnason shows us the initial point for Simcha is the tzaddik, which is also Ravnason said earlier, the idea of lighting the Hanukkah candles. When you're lighting the Hanukkah candles, it's like you're shining the light of the tzaddikim 
the light of their simcha or tzaddikim yismach, like Rav Nosson said earlier in paragraph uh, uh, 18, 19, sorry, that the light of the tzaddikim are able to bring joy into a person. That's the light of Hanukkah, by the way. And to get in our darkness that we're going through all of our difficulties, some type of beginning, some type of light to get us, to get the motor running for us to now start our process and coming close to Hashem and perceiving Him and reaching higher levels of Simcha, the Simcha which is on the head, which is the Simcha of the infinite light. Bezat Hashem.